Haven't they been such amazing leaders? They've been serving with such great anointing and so graciously as well. We love you and appreciate you. Thank you. So I have to admit, when Pastor Nick asked me to speak, I wasn't expecting it. It's not something I would have signed up for in a million years. I remember sitting there and seeing the text come through, and I decided ah, I needed to go through some reality checks. So first of all, is that my phone? Yeah, seemed to be my phone. <laughs> Looked at the message, well, is that message really for you? Well, <clears throat> it said Ure in there, but you know, there could have been another Ure. Um, so I decided, well, Pastor Nick had obviously made a mistake. So I was going to go and distract myself and do some chores that I hadn't done in the last two years. And hopefully, by the time I would come back, the Pastor Nick would have sent a correction text saying, oh, you know, sorry about that. It was meant for somebody else. Well, church, I'm standing before you today <laughs> because he did not send that correction text. So thank you very much for bearing with me. But no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and a, a privilege to be able to, to share and reflect on God's word with you this morning. And haven't we just been blessed by the miracle series? We've heard about the different healings. We've heard about the healing of the paralyzed man, the healing of the lepers, the woman with the issue of blood, and the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And they've been such wonderful stories of God just doing amazing things in everyday people like you and I. But today we're going to talk about the calming of the storm, which is different, isn't it? It's talking about God's control over the elements. And I might have chosen this because of some personal challenges witnessed and experienced. But of course, we all go through seasons that are stormy, don't we? We've all been through the pandemic. We've been praying about the war in, in Ukraine. And then, of course, we've been praying um, because of the devastating earthquake that has happened in Syria and Turkey. So I just pray this morning that as we navigate through God's word, that we can find encouragement and inspiration by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you can find the teaching points in the event section. Uh, of the Holy Bible app, where you can make notes and reflect. I'm going to touch on three points today. Uh, the first one is that God has not left control. Now, we've heard this phrase a lot of the time, haven't we? God is in control. It's a phrase that is commonly used by Nigerian Christians. Usually when something has gone wrong, we say God is in control. And I remember saying this to uh, my cousin one day, and he immediately said to me, well, God has never left control. And I had to stop and think for a second, because it's so true. When we're going through life sometimes, and everything is going well, it seems like, well, God is just sort of faded into the distance, he's quiescent, you know, and then something bad happens, and, you know, he comes and he takes reign of the situation, but it's not true. God has been in control the whole time, he's been there the whole time. Many years ago, well, not so many, I'm not ancient, but many years ago, um, when I first joined the church, probably, yeah, it was 2009, um, I was single. I remember those days very well. Yes. I was single, and a friend um, introduced me to a man, and we chatted, 
Then we dated, and several months later, he asked me to marry him. I was overjoyed. I was excited. I said, yes. And why wouldn't I? Because he ticked all my boxes. He was a Christian. In fact, he wasn't just a Christian. He was a deacon. So that was double tick, right? (laughs) He was handsome. He was a professional. We even came from the same culture backgrounds. It was like a match made in heaven. It was wonderful. I was so excited. I remember sending uh, photographs of the engagement ring to all my friends, telling all my people, all my relatives. You know, everybody was so excited for me. I started looking for potential wedding venues. I started looking for a wedding dress. Amazing time. And then, sometime later, he called me and he said, Ah, did you know that some of your ancestors were considered as being outcast? I thought, ooh, well, that's strange news. That's interesting. Interesting piece of history. Um, No, I did not know that. (laughs) Church, well, little did I know that that was going to be a significant factor in our relationship. In fact, it was so significant that if we had progressed with marriage, it would have meant that his family would have become outcasts from their village, and he potentially would have been disowned. So that was a huge blow. So we got on our knees, we prayed, we fasted, we got counseling. The turmoil, the anguish, it dragged on for so many months. And over six months later, he called me one day and he basically said, it was over, we were through. I was heartbroken, I was in anguish, so much pain. But I remember coming to church the very next morning, actually, and I hadn't been in church for very long when Pastor Mark at the time, he stood on the stage and he looked out across and he said, there's someone here who's been through something terrible recently. Something bad has happened, but God wants you to know that he's got you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to look back. And that message just hit me. It hit me like a lightning bolt, you know? I knew that that message had come straight to me. And immediately there was a a change. It started to be a change in my perspective. God was in control. God had got me through. God was my strength and he was taking me through. I didn't have to worry. It wasn't up to a year later that I met Joseph. And several years later, we got married. We've been married now nine years. Praise the Lord. We've got three beautiful children. You might see them once in a while running around the place. But yeah, I've married a man who loves me and accepts me for who I am. It's only God who could have orchestrated that, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my previous relationship didn't work out because he's given me so much better now. And that's the thing about God, isn't it? He will give us beauty for our ashes And he will exchange our garments of sadness for garments of joy. Amen. And the side note is for all my single sisters. A man who is not ready to leave is probably not ready to cleave. And if you want further explanation on that, you can see me after the service. Hallelujah. All right. But going back to storms. They can be quite unexpected, can't they? They can just 
come out from nowhere. And even if you are expecting them, you may not be able to predict the magnitude. One definition of a storm is a change in the natural state of things. And church, isn't it funny how sometimes it takes a change in the status quo, the change in our natural states to realize that we're not actually in control, but that God is? You see, the disciples were used to Jesus on earth. You know, they'd walked with him. They'd been close to him. They'd seen him change the lives of people that were sick. But they weren't fully aware of who he was and what he could do. And so the storm caught them off guard. And when the wind obeyed Jesus' command to be still, they were terrified. They weren't expecting such a display of power. Church, have we become so used to the status quo that we limit our expectations of Jesus? Do we sometimes put God in a box and say, well, he can do this, but he's probably not going to be bothered with this. He can't do that. The disciples asked themselves, who is this? Who is this that has control over the elements? Well, he's God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the one who's given us life. He's been there from, the, from t- before time began even. And he didn't just create everything and run off, did he? No, he's always been there. He's still active, still calling the shots. There is nothing that happens that takes him by surprise. There is no situation that you're going through that he didn't know about, even before it happened. His word in Isaiah 46.10 says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. He says, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Church, our God is in control and has never left control. He is the all-powerful almighty, ever-living, and ever-present God. Amen? My second point today is that our Father has not stopped loving us. I went to a boarding school, a boarding secondary school in Nigeria, where the education was absolutely fantastic. But the basic amenities, well, let's just say they were very basic. We didn't have access to continuous electricity, didn't really have proper windows, And when we talk about open plan living rooms, well, we had open plan bathrooms and toilets outside. So I'll just leave you a few seconds just so that your imaginations can conjure up what that really looks like. And we didn't have access to nearby running water, so we had to fetch water in our buckets and our jerry cans. And, you know, it wasn't just sort of walking across a garden path. No, we had to trek, you know, one or two kilometers. And if you were a junior, so if you were sort of between the ages of 11 and 13, you had two buckets because you had to get water for not just yourself, but your senior girl. So those were interesting times. But my mother was very concerned about the water that we were drinking. Um, so much so that she decided uh, that we were going to go with water from home. So she decided to boil and then filter our water at home and send it with us to school. And she didn't just do this for me, it was my sister and I. And we lived about two hours away, so this was no easy feat. It would have taken a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of organization. 
Now, the girls at school were quite bemused by this. We gathered all sorts of nicknames. I was called boiled and filtered. <laughs> Some people thought we had sort of weird, maybe a weird medical condition that meant that we had to be treated um, um, differently. But no, it was just that our mother loved us so much and she wanted the best for us and she wanted to protect us. And that's why she went through that effort. Isn't it amazing what parents would do for their children? Well, church, we have a father in heaven whose love is greater than any love that any earthly parents can have for their child. <clears throat> Perhaps we already know him as God the creator the one who owns all and is all. But do we really know him individually as God the Father who loves us so much and wants to care and protect us? The disciples had said to Jesus in that boat, don't you care if we drown? Now some of us are going through some very significant challenges and storms right now. Some people may have been diagnosed with some very serious health problems. You may be going through financial struggles. You may have just come through bereavement, relationship difficulties. And I remember in the midst of my pain, in the, in the midst of my difficulties, crying out to God, well, where are you? Can't you see that I'm suffering? When is this going to end, Lord? Now, we may not know the reasons behind the seasons, but church, let us be encouraged that we know our Father God who owns the seasons and loves and very much cares for us. You know, he loved his disciples so much, he didn't let them drown. And he won't let us drown in our circumstances. He will call the winds to be still if need be. His word says in Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, that he will never leave us or forsake us. He's ready to go through incredible lengths for you and I. And he proved this when he allowed his own son to die just so that we would have eternal life. But he isn't just interested in eternity. He's very much interested in the here and now. It says in John 10.10 10, that he has come to give us life and life in abundance. So yes, he's interested in calming the outward storms, but he's also interested in calming the inner storms, those inner turmoils. Young Magdalena touched on this last week at her baptism speech. She said, that when she came to Christ, that she felt a peace, that divine peace that only comes from God. You may have come here today feeling unloved, unwanted, even rejected, but let me encourage you, my brothers and sisters, that our Heavenly Father very much loves and cares for you. And there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And he says that in his word in Romans 8, he says there's nothing that can separate us from his love. There is no power. There is no principality. There is no heights. There is no depth. Church, there is no season. There is no storm that can separate us from the awesome love of God. Amen. My last point is that God has not left the boat. Now, I enjoy going to the cinema. I enjoy particularly watching Movies that are about fairy tales. I love the adventure, the intrigue. You know, there's usually a little bit of romance. But what I especially enjoy is the ending. I'm guaranteed a happy ending when I watch a fairy tale. You will never catch me going to the cinema 
to watch a tragic movie. Usually movies that sort of involve wars or, you know, true life stories or documentaries. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why would I do that? Why would I spend good money to go to the cinema to go and cry? Does anybody feel the same way that I do? Just a show of hands. Ah, praise God. Praise God. I'm not alone. Hallelujah. If I wanted to be miserable, I'd just sit at home and turn on BBC News. Right? So I was so excited when um, the, the movie Into the Woods came out. Has anyone watched that movie, Into the Woods? Okay. One or two people. Right. Okay. Well, there's going to be a few spoilers. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I was so excited about that movie because it's supposed to be a mix of fairy tales. So I was looking forward to it and I was watching it. Everything was going well. But in the end, Prince Charming ended up being a womanizer. Red Riding Hood lost her family. And the baker's son grew up motherless. I was outraged. I wanted my money back. But, you know, that's the reality of life, isn't it? There is no such thing as a happy ending. We don't just sort of come to the end of one chapter in our lives and that's it. No. God takes us from one season to another. But what we can be encouraged by and what we can be comforted by is that the author of our chapters, yes, the author and the finisher of our faith, will declare his victory in every season of our lives. He will influence our chapters for his greater good and purpose. We've heard over the last few weeks the verse from Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Well, church, our God is a major planner, isn't he? And he's dynamic. He doesn't just, he's, he doesn't keep us in one place. He wants to keep moving us on. He wants us to keep growing and deepening in our faith. And in Mark 4.35, he said to the disciples, Jesus said to them, let us go over to the other side. Well, church, if God says let us go to the other side, it means two things at least. One, that he's got a good plan and purpose for you on the other side. And two, that he's going to get you to the other side. So let us not let the storms which may come in that journey of getting to the other side alter the perspective of our faith. Because it is tempting to be in a storm, isn't it? And think, oh, I shouldn't have been there. If I could just, I should have just stayed. If I, why did I get onto this boat? But when we know who is in the boat with us, it enables us to change our perspective from fear to faith. As we know in 2 Timothy verse 1, it says, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Church, if God has placed a desire in your heart, don't let disappointing situations deter you from moving forward. Yes, the storms may seek to stop or weaken or discourage, but the reality, the truth, is that the storms are an opportunity to get closer to Jesus, to rely on his word, to build on our faith, and an opportunity for God to display his awesome power. The passage says that Jesus was actually asleep in the middle of that storm. Can you imagine that? But he could be asleep because he was relaxed. He had nothing to fear. He knew he was getting to the other side. 
And really, the disciples should have known it too, but they didn't recognize who it was with them in that boat. Maybe if they'd recognized it, and when the waves were crashing all around, they could have handled the situation differently. I can just imagine, you know, you're in a boat, and you're maybe playing cards, and the next thing, you know, it becomes all rocky and stormy. And they say to themselves, oh, what's happening here? It's a little bit, it's a little bit turbulent, isn't it? But what's Jesus doing? Oh, oh, he's asleep. Oh, okay then. We don't need to, we don't need to be worried. But they didn't do that because they didn't know who was in the boat. Church, do we know who is in our boat this morning? Well, let us just remind ourselves, he is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He's ready to take us through to the other side for his greater glory. Ready to get us through any storm that may want to get in the way. Can I just ask for the worship team to come back? Can we just give a clap for the worship team? Haven't they just been amazing this morning? Of course, I am completely biased. I love you guys. <laughs> I was so blessed by the baptism stories last week. They're inspiring stories of God transforming people's lives and journeys. But one story that made me smile was when Serena said that she had gone on a journey to find a boy, but then she found God instead. Even better, right? It was amazing, incredible. It's only God that can do that. Whatever journey or season or chapter of your life right now, my prayer for you is that you will have a revelation of God, the one who gives us life. He is the one who will change our stories from black and white to a fascinating and illuminating color. When I was doing a little bit of background reading about storms, I was looking at the, the cyclones in, in, in the U.S., and I was looking at their names, and I was quite surprised to see that majority of the storms were named after women. Did you know that? I don't know what that's supposed to imply. <laughs> but I think it's a good idea to remember our storms, not to trivialize them, but as a way of remembering how God has taken us through our challenges a way of remembering what God is doing in our lives because it doesn't just encourage us maybe the next time when we get to another storm, but it also it will encourage the people around us who need to hear the good news of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So as we draw to an end, I just want to summarize the points we've, we've heard. The first one is that our God has never left control. All things belong to him and he will do much more than we can imagine or even expect. Our Heavenly Father has never stopped loving us. That's the second one. He will continue to love and protect his children. And the third one is that Jesus has not left the boat. He is with us in the middle of the storms, still directing and still producing a unique story for his glory. Praise be to God. I wish